Five Drive. Catch up. Uh, Richard Finn Gregory, you are the director of Stein Heist. How did this documentary come about? Well, I was invited to uh, work in it along with Idea Candy. They're the production company that put it together. And uh, they're the production company behind Devil's Dorp, which was such a massive smash hit for, for uh, Showmax last year. So when uh, Idea Candy approached me and I heard it was a Showmax production, you know, as a documentary filmmaker, you, you don't say no. This was an incredible opportunity and uh, I was really excited to work in it with them. Absolutely. And just for the record, I love Devil's Dorp and this too. So I think we're on the right track. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. A journalist, Rob Rose, wrote the Steinheist book, which you used as a base for your research. Can you explain the Steinhof, Steinhof story in a nutshell? Okay, so ooh, it's a big one. I mean, it takes yeah. us a full three hours to, so to do in the, in the series. But in a nutshell, Steinhoff is a company that was started in Germany in the 60s by Bruno Steinhoff um, when he met Marcus Justo, who was a very promising young accountant in the late 80s, early 90s in South Africa. He decided to go into business with him in South Africa. And uh, the company became a massive success. You know, it grew into this behemoth of a, of a furniture company. And it has so many brands that people don't really realize are part of or, or were at one point part of Steinhoff. Things like Pep, Ackermann's, uh, Incredible Connection, Buco. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a really big list. Uh, Joshua Dore, uh, Russell's. So they're all brands that at some point most of us have interacted with at some point. And in 2017, it was discovered that there were some serious financial shenanigans that went on, and uh, it lost about 90% of its share price in, in the space of a week. And it's a difficult story to follow. I mean, if you're not in the financial world, I don't come from a financial background, and I believe you don't either. So how did you make sense of the story to the point where you could piece together this documentary and make it understandable to all viewers out there? Uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, I said to Rob, who is, of course, very astute in the financial world as the editor of the Financial Mail and having written, literally written the book on, on the subject, um, I said to, to Rob and people like Ray Kronika, Fifi Peters, various financial journalists, I'm not from a financial background. So our goal is to take all of these things that they take for granted that they understand and turn it into a, a format that I can understand. And if I can, then I can share that with the viewers as well in a way that a general audience can can get hold can can get a grip of what happened but you know without dumbing it down in any way um so i think that's the balance that we try to strike and uh, i hope we did absolutely i think you did too and i mean we often criticize government which is totally valid but this documentary looks at the impact of corruption in the private sector why do you think it's important to share these kinds of stories well, I think it's just that, you know, we, we're very quick to criticize government and a large part it's because, you know, the revelations of what went on during state capture years, um, that was coming out in 2017. And that's the same time that we we're finding out about these financial irregularities. I'm going to use that euphemism for now. Uh, these financial irregularities that were happening at Steinhoff. Um, so it was uh, quite a shocking moment, I think, for, for many South Africans to find out that not only was the public sector uh, you know, there are lots of corruption that's going on that we are discovering, but the private sector as well. It's not as squeaky clean as we thought it was. Mm. Um, and, you know, these things actually also go hand in hand. You know, it's through the hollowing out of the institutions through uh, state capture, institutions like the NPA, the National Prosecuting Authority, that they're struggling now to prosecute what went on in Steinhoff. Um, so the, the two are really related, and what it's meant is a, is a real kind of double whammy for our country, both in the, the public and the private sectors. 
Yeah, absolutely. And how has Steinoff's former CEO, Marcus Joester, in your opinion, not been charged for anything yet? It seems crazy. It is, and I think it's, it's for three reasons, in my opinion. And the first is that it's just so complex. What went on? I mean, there's no denying that Marcus Joester was a brilliant accountant. And uh, everyone attests that he managed to to put together some uh, let's call them schemes that um, benefited various people unfairly. I think uh, I think I can say that safely um, in in a very very complicated way. I mean, it took the German tax authorities five years to figure out who and what they wanted to to prosecute um, after they first you know announced some 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 questions around uh, the, the tax of Steinhoff in Germany in 2015. And so for taking the German tax authorities five years to do that, you know, and they are no slouches, you can understand just how, how much effort involved to really figure out what was going on. So that was one. The other part is what I've already mentioned about, you know, uh, public institutions like the NPA were hollowed out during the state capture years. So they're struggling really to, to get to the bottom of it. And the third is, unfortunately, that we're dealing with somebody who's still very, very wealthy and has got a a lot of money at his disposal for legal defenses, you know, and the law doesn't work the same way for people who've got lots of money and uh, for people who don't. Yeah, that's very true. That's a harsh reality. I mean, like, how do you think we can tackle that kind of issue? I really think that we need to, I don't know, encourage, uh, entrust, uh, give more resources to institutions like the National Prosecuting Authority. They're really the only ones who can realistically bring a case like this to court. Um, and, you know, there are some people who are pursuing private prosecutions, um, but really this is going to take our public sector uh, institutions, you know, the, every every effort that they can put into to, to bring this um, before court. And until that happens, you know, Marcus Joster is a free man, as he has a right to be by law. Mm. Um, so, you know, that's that's really kind of what we're stuck with. The the good news, I think, for people who would like to see some sense of justice here is that even though the wheels turn slowly, they are turning. And we are seeing new revelations coming out almost on a weekly basis. You know, it's about a month ago that uh, Ben Lakhanji, the, the CFO, mm. um, the JSC recently levied some sanctions against him. He's barred from being the director of a public company. He had two million rand in fines against him for acting on an apparently handwritten note that Mark Stewister, um passed him, a handwritten invoice. So, Things are happening, and I suspect we'll see more in future. Yeah, absolutely. And and Christo Visa said something in the first episode of the documentary series. He said he never mourns the loss of money, which is maybe easy to say when you're one of the richest <laughs> people in the country, but it was also a little bit inspirational. I was like, okay, let me try and be more um, you know, willing to just make it back. Um, but what have you learned from making this documentary? You know, it was interesting. We we got to interact with some extremely wealthy people, some real titans of business. And, uh, you know, it was great to see that I think the public, we too quick to paint them all as, uh, as you know, I don't know, snakes in suits. It's a, it's a phrase that comes up from a forensic psychologist in our, in our series. Um, and that's only because the, the guys who are doing wrong, people like Marcus Yuster, they're kind of hugging the headlines a lot of the time for, for the general public. Um, you know, and uh, a lot of the people we're interacting with are really some of the most generous, polite, 
um, charming people that that I've met um, and were really super helpful in, in helping us put this project together and give us the information we needed to really get a grip on what happened. Mm. Well, Richard, thank you so much and congrats on the documentary. Wishing you all the best. Great. Thanks for having me. Catch up from some of the best moments from the 5 Drive team by going to 5FM's Catch Up page on the 5FM app or 5FM.co.za.